0: Happening, yeah, long
1: overdue, <laughs> long overdue, long
0: overdue. Um, I don't think you need an introduction for me, but <laughs> intro- introduction is always welcome. Can you please introduce yourself?
1: Yeah, um, I'm glad to be here. My name is Balan Wizard Wood. You guys can call me Wizard um, at Balan the Wizard on Instagram. Um, a brief introduction is. I guess to just keep it keep it as short as possible, so so we can stay tuned for some of the stories. Is yeah. uh, what I do is I just I just learn from my failures. That's what I do. <laughs> that's that's, that's I your do. introduction. Yeah, that's all I do. That's all. That's all we need to know for right that's now, guys. Nice. like that because like the failures <laughs> are the stories. You know what I mean, and and yeah. that's what it's all about. Uh, I don't like to parade. Uh, I don't like to parade around with too much ego, right. especially since you' so great. You know I oh mean. It's, God, it's I don't want to talk myself stop. up. When the, you can't talk yourself up when you're not greater than the host. You know what I no, mean. You can respect it, the host. Man. You know what I mean. <laughs>
0: Thank you. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, you
1: met Lauren yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. I was yeah. even she's blown away by
0: how incredible you are. I think I think you're incredible as well. Appreciate. it. Um, so let's move and walk back. And kind of start from the beginning because I feel like your story has a lot of depth, and I feel like a lot of it can kind of learn from Mm -hmm. your story and your origin. Um, So can you kind of just let's go back from the beginning? Go back to West Philly. We're going. Let's go back to West Philly. Philly. Going all the way back to West Philly. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Uh,
1: so you know, West Philadelphia, born and raised from the playground. Say so not Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but uh yeah, yeah, I'm from West Philadelphia. I am I am twenty three years old, so I was I was born in West Philadelphia. Most of my family comes like we're born in West Philadelphia too, the last few, few generations. Um uh, I'm half Nigerian, half Ugandan from what I know. Um uh, and I guess yo, West Philly was an, uh, who how can I explain West Philadelphia? Um it was a uh, a place where I didn't necessarily feel as welcome growing up. You know what I mean? Because just that? just because it wasn't like it was a lack of uh, it was it was a lack of moral support there. I feel like you know, uh, and at the time, like my parents had been through a lot. Like mm. my parents had such a negative uh, view on Philadelphia because right, it didn't right. help them. Like you know what I mean? Like for instance, like my mom completely moved us out of not she grew up in like the real uh, a a tough part in south philadelphia okay um for everybody who's philadelphian who may be watching this she grew up on like like 17th and christian um and so she's seen a lot of uh her family members get addicted to certain drugs Mm. crack cocaine heroin uh um, go through that lifestyle of you know, right. just constant gang violence, and my mom was one of those overprotective people who would just like shout fear out at everything, like "Don't go there because you know you might get shot," or "You know you gotta wash your hands because then you might get Ebola." Like so my right. mom was like one right. of those moms, right. like everything that could happen wrong, she would just say it. So right. I, I I had a I had a, a a unique perspective coming from the outskirts of Philadelphia because I was actually in a town that was like predominantly Jewish. Um, Because once you actually leave Philadelphia, there's an area called the main line. It's like one of the wealthiest areas in the country. Um, and it's a lot of Jewish heritage. Like, I grew up uh, around the corner from two different synagogues, so mm. I got a chance to see a lot of Jewish people, um, but I also, my mom didn't have a car, and I live with my mom for the most part, so I, I traveled, I've been I've been on a bus by myself since I was eight years old, mm. so I've been able to see different just parts of eight. Philadelphia. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, 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 traveling all throughout the city, uh, going to different schools. I was, I was a, <laughs> I guess you would say I was a problem child. I did not like authority. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah, I got expelled from a couple different schools. I just, I always had why, a why why do you think that was I got like I don't know how you expel someone at kindergarten right for 5 <laughs> years old but I got I got expelled from a school in kindergarten like how does yeah. that happen so I was a built I was a like I had a very rebellious nature towards authority um I didn't understand that structure or something that was needed I thought and it was why, why was that
0: cuz I think there's a reason for
1: that Oh a couple different a couple different things like I think it's When, when I did, since I didn't, since I grew up an only child, um, and it wasn't like family reunions or my mom didn't have a lot of siblings. She had one half sister that she knew of Mm -hmm. that I kind of seen, but she was in the, she, she had some dips in and out of rehab and God rest her soul. She just passed away uh, recently, uh, got like a year ago. Um, but That was the only real... That was the only thing. Like, so it wasn't no birthdays. There was no... There was no family reunions. There was no cookouts. Like, it was just me and my mom. And it was just, like, uh, my mom kind of just, like, uh, still trying to get through some of the subconscious stuff that she had to go through uh, on her own. And, And she was a very, like... You got to do everything when your own type of person. She was never, and she still to this day, like, hates receiving handouts from other people. Like, she'll, she'll, she'll force starve herself or before she'll ask for anything. Like, for right, sure. Right, like, right, right. That's just the mindset that uh, she kind of had uh, instilled upon me. So, like, I had, uh, you know, I was fighting and, and running from uh, trying to deal with her pain that she felt from my father and, 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 uh, and seeing myself as him and being compared to him. Right. Um, it, it can happen a bunch. It makes me think of the main reason why this happened is it's a, a friend of mine, his name's Racine, like 26, 27-year-old. Um, I think his third book just came out. Um, and he has a book called So Frail. And he talks about African-American masculinity. And he talks about how you either operate on two different spectrums with African masculinity. And it ties in. And the spectrum I'm talking about ties into why I felt like I was so rebellious. And one of the one of the spectrums are you end up being too babied and you end up being too sheltered by a woman if you come from a single mother household or you just de- de- develop this like, uh, almost like this resilience and hatred and it's like, call- start calling the bees and you just you develop a certain like animosity towards women, mm. like money over bitches, like that whole concept. Really? That whole, yeah, it's, and it's from going between back and forth. So you either become too sheltered and you don't actually take risk and you end up staying at home for the rest of your life and you don't really like um, and you just become like softened to hardship. Right. So is this, right? or you just develop that exterior? Is like I want to fight, like it's a fight because right. you know, no matter how, no, no matter what happens in life, a woman can't raise a man. Unfortunately, like it is it, it, like it's just very hard to. Uh, she can guide you as a boy, and she can nurture you. But when you start to become a man, it just becomes a little bit harder. So right, right, yeah.
0: So is this something that? Because you mentioned African-American masculinity. So Mm -hmm. is it something that affects just African-Americans in your your opinion or your friend's opinion? Or is it something that affects anybody that would be in that situation?
1: So like his book was specifically talking about African-American relationships. So in this situation, like that can affect anyone because it has to do with with male and female energy. Um, But it's just that the whole concept of, uh, I guess you would say, The whole concept of men being too aggressive tends to usually come from the African-American side of things. Like, you know, that's just the way it is. Like, a lot of people are in prison today for domestic violence. Like, I have a friend who, dad, got his third strike because it was a domestic violence case, which means that it's just that he didn't know how to communicate to the woman in the house. Because it's not like he hit her or beat her. It literally was like she was fed up. They got into an argument. He acted with ego or anger. Right. instead of acting with compassion and empathy right. and that whole and that and that spirals into everything right. you know what i mean that ego um and and and, and that like kind of like fight towards being independent kind of can stem from not having a father figure there or having a mother trying to control you, and you just like, you can't control me. Like, I know I need to do what I need to do, right. and I need to step in, and I need to fail, and I need to go pursue things because it's just a different mindset of a man versus when, when you're a woman in certain instances. Right. But he talked about these two dichotomies, and, and I felt myself going through those a lot. Like, at the very beginning of life, I felt myself being a little bit too sheltered. Um, And then I met friends that had no parents at all or friends that had way worse circumstances than me. So I kind of had to like reevaluate like, yo, I got it easy. Like I need to start. I need to start. I need to start moving better. I need to start being stronger. And then when I got tested in the different fights and and, and things, I didn't really have uh, something. I would get tested a lot because uh, I I was bigger than everyone Mm -hmm. else. You know what I mean, and I was smart too. So I really would, uh, I really would make people feel stupid when they tried to like communicate with me. Like I'm like, no, I don't need to do this. Why are you making me do this? Or so things like that, Or sure. I would just, I would just use my intellect to bother people. Um, and I realized that, <laughs> that that one one wait, situation. Wait, real quick, before you go yeah. too
0: far, because I have two important questions I want to ask you. Yeah. And I'm gonna forget if if no, I don't no, ask no, you now. If it so speaks, first me. thing you, I wanted to ask you was you mentioned something about. Um, the idea that the aggression is usually um, relegated to not aggression, but we're saying that usually when it comes to you know growing up and um, use the the term African American masculinity, that's usually um, relegated to um, African Americans, right? Mm. So the reason that, that something came to mind that was the idea that stereotypically that's the stigma over the years that's been attributed to. Um, African Americans or Black women, like they're like aggressive Black women, get the stigma, or even Black men as well. So I want to ask you: Do you feel like? Because I don't feel that way, mm. you know, based on my personal experiences, I feel like I've met the most calmest, kindest, non-aggressive Black people, White people. Like I feel like every type of stereotype is it can be attributed to a different ethnicity, right? Mm-hmm. So, in your opinion. Do you think that that has to do with more of the environment that those, quote unquote, you know, super masculine, aggressive individuals grew up in? Or do you just think it's uh, it's something that just has to do with being black?
1: And I want to kind of I wish I could. I've I've read Racine's book recently because I'm quoting it loosely um, because he he considered that. Too aggressive is also a frail masculinity. Of course, like, yeah. like because you should be able to be calm. You should be able to be logical, and you should be able to be understanding. That's what masculine energy kind of yeah. embodies. So, if you're too emotional, which means that you can't handle a situation, you're either going to resort to hiding from something or being, or or, or being too aggressive. Right. Both signs are are not of masculine. Are not logical. Are not disciplined. Are not consistent. So, I think it has to do with whether it has to do with the environment I I, that's that's very yeah it has to do with the environment but it has to do with like really understanding the power structure in the United States well yeah so and that's what I mean so it's like
0: I think it has more to do with the quote unquote power structure um and uh, socioeconomic um environments that people grow up in yeah and their personal experiences you know having a mom or a dad or full family Mm -hmm. um, versus actual like the color your skin or your ethnicity because you can put anybody in a rough environment and they're gonna grow up a certain way you can put anybody in a calm submissive um, carefree um, non struggle related environment and then grow up a completely different way and have different perspectives yeah for me growing up the calmest people sorry uh, when I was growing up as a kid the most intimidating people to me were like the calmest, hmm. right? If I met someone that was like going crazy or blah blah, blah they always—I mean—they they were always not threatening, in my opinion, as a kid. Hmm. So the calmest were the were the uh, the most intimidating to me, just because, just like what are they thinking, what do they know? You know, you know what I right, mean. So right.
1: mm-hmm. um, that's 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 interesting. Yeah, but that's anyway, I just wanted to to touch on that. Yeah, because that wasn't that's that's not really seen calm being calm isn't really seen as power, right. um you know what I mean so that's what I, that's why being calm was always like, like um you would get tested, uh, if you were calm right. or, or if you were nice in certain situations but like to be honest it's like when you when I look at the bigger picture of things like I go into, the time period and history um whether it's like whether you want to look astrologically at equinoxes or not. Um, and then I go into the major causes or the major constructs that were created in that decade or, those, or, the, or that 50-year period and that 60-year period. And in America, things, like, things were being implemented in the 60s and in the 70s and in the 80s that built like, this huge separation mm-hmm. that we see today. And it still exists today. That's why you have like, murders like Nipsey Hussle. Happening from people are of the same like of of the same area as him, right. I probably faced the same exact struggles as him. Right. But he didn't see it as learning from him; he seen it as it was hurting him. And that's like a that's a failed masculinity problem. Like if we look at a lot of major events or things that are going on, I, I kind of resorted all back to a male a over um overabundance of masculine energy or uh or a lack of I wouldn't even say overabundance. I would say a lack of control of it. Of masculine Mm. energy. Um, A lack of control. Yeah, yeah. Because you got to break these things are like these social, like different uh, systems that were set up in the 80s and 90s. You know, we all know about them the war on drugs and the mass prison industrial complex. Although it can hurt any situation, it was specifically designed for a few. You know what I mean? So it was like in this statistics show you like what is like eighty percent, right? Eighty percent of the people in in the United States American jail system is African American, right? Yeah, and then and then Ava uh, Dun, Dun-, Shive, Dun- v, she did uh, the Thirteenth Amendment, which was the documentary on Netflix that's basically showing you like, look, it may we may not be like being lynched or we may not be as 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 uh, physically physically in pain as in Jim Crow. But there's still psychological Mental attachments, bondage. Mental
0: bondage is uh, really heavy, yeah.
1: so much, so much, so much, so much, so much, and 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 I still go through it today. That's why it's like um, uh, and and to be honest, is like when you develop support systems, um, and when you have enough money to get yourself out of those situations, you can start to see things differently, right. or you can start to see things more clear if you are pursuing that, or you could just make more of it. Right. You know what I mean. So it's. It's uh, but 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 the reason why the book was uh, resonated with me so much because I realized how frail my masculinity had become based mm-hmm. on circumstances in my past that I needed to go. I needed to take time in right. this time period to heal. Because um, another quote, another book of mine that I got when I fractured my spine, Twelve Universal Laws. He says like, if you you if you don't find who you are and find yourself in that first phase of your life, which is like the first two decades. Even if you move on to your 40s and 50s and 60s, if there's any weakness in who you are, then you will. it's a crack in your foundation. So even though you may amass millions of dollars because you've mastered how to create income streams or you've mastered a certain skill set that brings a certain amount of value to the marketplace um, at this day and age. Because, you know, in some places, teaching was the greatest skill set. So teachers got paid like rappers or like artists. Right, pay. right, right. Um, what he said was, if you didn't correct this, then you would have holes in your foundation. So now the foundation is messed up. So you had people and we were, I was in an environment and I noticed this from my family where everything that we built was on the sand. It wasn't on the rocks. Wait, let me
0: stop you there real quick. So there are going to be a lot of people that see this and say, wait, so I'm no longer 20 years old. Those are two decades, right? Mm -hmm. Am I hopeless? So for people that feel like, well, they haven't mastered who they are in my opinion being 20 years old is not enough time um to master who you are
1: right
0: <laughs> um it's a process right so uh, develop
1: a healthy self-image is what okay. is what, this what's really okay, talked about yeah. Okay. yeah yeah developing a healthy self in- and for real for real people still don't have that either way people right. are in their 40s without a healthy self-image right. so how, 100%. Do you,
0: how do you how do you combat that because, oh cool um it's some people, you got to buy the Oreo
1: agreements. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, how you commit. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's funny. It's actually true. Plug. It helps. It helps a lot with that. Um, yeah. Cause I'm about to quote your book. You know what um, I mean? So if I can, right? No, it's course, only right.
0: please. Uh, <laughs> but uh, how do people find, in your opinion, from your experiences, find a healthy self-image that are, you know, in their mid twenties or thirties or even forties, hmm. Because it's something that a lot of us struggle with, especially in a society we live in today, right? There's so much pressure, especially for, for women, for men, um, for kids in, in, in high school and college. I can't even imagine being in uh, college or high school right now with the amount of distractions that we have, Whew. right? And yeah. back then it felt like it was distracting, but I can't even imagine right. um, being in, in school right now. But uh, in your opinion... How can people combat,
1: you know? And I'm so happy
0: working towards a uh, healthier self
1: image I, And I love this question because you know a lot of people talk about this question, but what I noticed uh, before I answer this question is information is better when it's applicable to your situation. So after reading books, because at first I read, so That's it's like, so, so like yeah. the first thing, so I guess I'll answer the question loosely for any listener. It's find the person that has what you have and you read about it. That's the only way to do it. Or, I mean, and, and, and it's want. like, have what, what you, you want. And, and you got to do like the evaluation. Like the, one of the biggest parts in, 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 uh, uh, in Michael's book, um, as soon as he starts off, it says, I'm inviting you into a conversation that you must deeply observe your conscious and your unconscious mind. And, and we'll talk about that more in the, in the workbook that we're building. Um, but what that means is I had to really take time. And, and, and you got to evaluate your last couple generations because of, the, of your first 13 years of your life, you were surrounded by people with healthy self-images. You will have a healthy self-image. Like, it's just the way it is. It's like, it's, it's like that's, why, that's why athletes tend to do so well is because that, that's a self-image that you have to have, a champion. I have to be a champion. I must be a winner. So usually, like athletes and 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 certain and rappers have developed these strong self images, which allow them to accomplish certain things that they accomplish. Whether they hustling, no matter what. Like right. like if you if you come from being able to uh, to listen to the things that develop a healthy self image, you'll always win. But for other people who don't necessarily take that time to do that, like I evaluated and I was real with my evaluation, like. As in, I look back a couple generations because I realize that information is leveraged by your family if you have a healthy relationship with the generations from the past of your family. So, which means is that if you have your grandfather or your grandmother pouring into you, you'll develop a healthier self-image than a person who does not have their grandmother or their grandfather pouring into them Mm. or that or that or that person. It doesn't necessarily need to be your grandfather or grandmother, but destiny actually made it that way. Mm. Like that's a part of destiny that we're unaware of is that your grandparents or that they came before you because you are met in an an alignment on all levels to pursue that goal or pursue or understand that knowledge that came before them. So I was looking at it like. Like, I started meeting people with healthier self-images, and I realized that, one, most of them in my school growing up, anybody that had a healthy self-image in basketball, the ones that had the strongest ones, parents before played basketball. It was automatic. It's called a learning curve.
0: What do you think is the correlation? Um, Besides the fact that, you know, the parent themselves has a healthy healthy self-image, what do you think is the correlation between the sports aspect?
1: So with the sports aspect is It's like anything that's on the physical Can allow you to like um, The physical the Growing your physical self Is the same way you must grow your mental self And the same way you must grow your spiritual self But the physical self is what people see You know what I mean So people who lack faith Only can tell by the physical Like if you lack faith in somebody Being able to Like the fact that I can show you I can lift a lot you you will have more faith in me because it's a it's a it's a it's a conscious thing like like it's not a subconscious i'm not right. subconsciously showing you i'm stronger i'm literally right in front of you showing you i'm stronger right i can score more i can be better i can make you like if i can do that in person right now it has more of a effect on leaving a lasting impression right on your unconscious mind right 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 because your unconscious mind has no like a uh, it is taking everything in and this is something like I didn't really have, I didn't understand at all growing up. And, and I wasn't, I wasn't that really going to, we didn't go to church often or anything spiritual. I did that a little bit at, at around 11 or 12 is when okay. I became Muslim. So it was like Muslim itself is a, it's a, is a deeper discipline. Um, but having a strong faith will actually build a, a stronger self-image, too. Mm-hmm. So I would go into faith as a, as a huge aspect as well. If your family doesn't have that, isn't rooted in any faith and you're not reading from others who have a healthy self-image, you will never have a healthy self-image. And also, it's like you have to, you have to take periods and recognize, okay, if I didn't have this, you have to spend the time doing it now because of, of you got to you got to understand like the self image is the core so once you realize that the healthy self image is the core of everything and if you don't have it you have to you have to evaluate everything that you're taking in so that means unfollowing any single last person on all your social media accounts that don't have a healthy self image that helps you grow mm-hmm. because if you see them if you see that image if you see that thought if you hear that lyric on that song and it's not aiding you to have a healthy self image it's just adding on to all the amount of negative self talk that you've had since you since you've been born mm. you know what I mean and it's wow. and it's like and if you're not doing like spiritual things like actually being in like a, in a, an immense amount of solitude and then learning from others who are able to awaken themselves and, and become more conscious then you'll, you'll just stay dormant mm. you'll just lie dormant and then it also plays into the foods that you eat too because at the end of the day, um, self-image has a lot to do with your pineal gland being calcified or not, and that's your third eye right. being open or closed. Like it has a, it has an amazing direct. Everything is everything. Like Lauren Hill would say, like like you got to be a poly. I, I realize is that we're entering into an age is that if you're not a polymath, then you won't actually. Like, then, then you're not seeing the full picture. Right, right. Because right. if you look at the whole picture, everything is connected, which means that something that you're doing can have a, a positive effect or a negative effect right. to who you are or where you're going. So I had to, like, for real, for real, and I, and I realized, and it's levels to your self-image, man, because I'm still, like, I, like, 19 years old was a huge point for me where I realized that I, even though I thought I had a self-image, it was someone else's image. Because mm, sometimes wow. you can take someone else's image, which wow. is, like, you so you think it's yours, you walking around like you somebody else, right. and then something happens that resets your right. entire world. It'll, it rock your world. You. It'll rock your world. It'll rock your world. It happens to everyone. It's not just me. I just, I just when it rocked my world for that real time, like when I fractured my spine and I didn't know what well, I was going to walk again, like that was the sign for me. Like I had enough. Like I, I failed at this. And, I, I had, and, and, and to be honest, like me being aggressive and me not want to take authority is was a self-image thing because people were telling me to do some people were telling me to do things that actually would help me and I couldn't see that because I was so my, my self image of myself was so low I thought they were disrespecting me mm. anytime somebody said something I thought it was hurting me mm. because my image wasn't strong enough to hold on to hold up to myself right. so like that's yeah, something that's, that's really important. so a yeah, lot of people yeah. 19 deal is with when that. I really started building my true self image I got to say, I'm only on five years of building my true self-image. That's why I don't have like the desired amount of wealth that I want yet. Right.
0: So I, I noticed that's, that's that. a real thing, actually. The the idea that you can have people telling you things or you can be with someone that's trying to help you. Mm-hmm. Um, and their energy, their energy force and just their presence kind of scares you away. Mm-hmm. Because you don't feel like either you're ready or it's putting a lot of pressure on you unconsciously or subconsciously, mm-hmm. or like you said, you feel like it's a sense of disrespect. Mm-hmm. Um, that's very, very important. So for people that are in, that, in those situations, what, how do you help them or what can you say to help them break out of that and realize and open their eyes like, wow, that girl that I was with that, that was uh, putting a lot of pressure on me to be better or to, or to, or to do more, or to achieve more, Wow, she was actually helping me, and I didn't realize it. Or she was actually good for me. Or that guy that I was with, um, that motivated me, and and, and was deep down I knew he was he would he would make me become a better person. Um, he was actually good for me. So how do people snap out of it like you kind of did? Do they have to kind of go through something that helps them realize that wow, I've I I fucked up, or um, do they have to kind of take the time off? And separate themselves from those types of people to realize, wow, what I lost was 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 important, or it could be even family, you know. So how do you manage so manage th-
1: that? So that's that's depending on. I think that that question is so broad um, yeah. that I, I don't want to say it's broad. I, I would just say that if I tell you my situation, it's only going to help people that have had a similar situation, situation. that I right, had. Right. So it's, like, when, when it's, like, it's, it, you got to really evaluate where you are on a scale of 1 to 10 for your self-image. And that has to do with one thing. One, I think the, uni- the one that has to do with, like, always looking deeper than what's originally in front of you. So it was like, reflection is key. Right. Reflection is, like, the key to all this because, and it's, like, if you're not reflecting, you're going to get put in situations where you're forced to reflect. Mm. Whether it's, like, going to jail. That's like the ultimate situation of how to reflect. Because if you went to jail, simply it's because you don't understand the power structures and the systems that work and at play. So it was like, you went to jail because of that. It's, it's really no other reason. Like, you just don't understand the power structures and the systems at play enough. Right. To, and that's why you have people like Jay-Z who've never been to jail. You know what I mean? Because he didn't just worry about accumulating the money. He also was learning the power structure behind it. Right, right. He also was learning how he, like, the whole, all the systems that are in play. If you just only take one system for, like, one system, yeah, you can excel far in that one area, but it's like you really got to look at all the systems in play. So, how I would say it for the, and I'll go through how different people can look at uh, building their self image, but I would say the first thing is like, one, if you're not reflecting from, something that someone says that's really impactful to you like there's you got to evaluate what people are saying because certain things are meant for you to take a step back and, and 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 really evaluate and reflect on how it's helping you like i'll quote i'll quote somebody um i won't say the name because i want you guys to like actually like this, this information is just so precious that we'll talk about it more in the, what, what we do in the future yeah. and, and helping our students. But uh, it was four things that this person said. Um, and actually I have to say the name because then it would be, it would go against the first thing. So the person's name is Kevin Trudeau and he took these lessons and these teachings from other people. So I'll let you research that, but your wish is your command. If you need to look up anything, your wish is your command is a 12 hour lecture series that breaks down everything on how we're all connected. He was the author who wrote a book on how to cure diseases, the natural way. Um, And and the title might not be right But either way In the 70s and 80s He was talking about how The pharmaceutical companies chalk So he was a little bit ahead He was a lot ahead He was like the first person To write a book that was American Mm -hmm. Like born and raised in America A couple generations Explaining how This system in our health Is actually causing A lot of our mental problems And a lot of our spiritual problems Um, But either way He said there's just four things That you gotta realize And take into account And the first thing is Getting the right information So it was like Who are you getting the information from? And that's why I quote every time I speak because it's like I, I need people to understand that it's not me that's getting the information. I got the information from someone else who tested it. Right. Like when I'm 40 years old and when I'm 50 years old, that's when I'm going to be like, yeah, it's me because I've, I've done the experiences and I've gotten myself through that point. But right now I'm relying off information of people that have accomplished what I've accomplished. Mm-hmm. So first it's like make sure, when you, if, you, make sure you, if the person has gotten farther than what you've gotten. They have some information that can apply to you. Right. right. So it's like getting that information. And then the next thing he talks about is the teachability index, which is basically saying, like, how good are you at getting the right information and then changing who you are to align with the new information that you got? Mm. So like a lot of so. So this is like weight loss. Like we can go straight to weight loss or straight to in the gym. Right. Like if you realize that if you realize that, um, let's say that eating this food is unhealthy. If you still have the emotional attachment into and the, in the, in eating the food, and you don't completely stop, then how, you're not yeah. really—you yeah. didn't really learn that it was right. unhealthy. Right. Like you got to really act at like action, the thoughts and the actions. Right. You got to yeah, master think, the thoughts yeah, real and the actions.
0: I think the importance in that too is it goes beyond what you just said. Actually, what I've learned is when you want to make impactful decisions to your life, it goes beyond your conscious mind. It's actually about your subconscious hmm. mind. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Because if you want to make changes, which a lot of us do, right? We want to lose weight. We want to do this. We want to do that. But we make those agreements with ourselves consciously. Mm. But for something to actually take to take effect, it has to be embedded in your subconscious mind. Right. So your conscious mind says, I want to work out. I want to lose weight. Right? Mm-hmm. Your conscious mind gets you up day one, day two, day three. Maybe for the first week. The second, third, fourth, first, second, third, fourth year, right? Um, It's your subconscious mind that's keeping you going. Mm -hmm. Because you have to make agreements saying, all right, what is my why behind losing this weight, right? Is it just because I just want to look good? Is it because I want to be healthy? Mm -hmm. Those are two good examples. A lot of people want to lose weight or do things for the wrong reasons.
1: Mm -hmm. You know,
0: you kind of have to sit down and and tap into that and just say, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. You know, what is the reason for this? Right. are my reasons correct um, that's what gets you going so I just mm-hmm. wanted to add that in there and, and just say um, as long as we're aware that when we make decisions especially really big decisions it's really important that we need to make those decisions in our in our subconscious as well
1: so, yeah 100% yeah. and and I, and I would love to hear more about like how tools that you've used or, or things that help you understand, understand that and uh, right. apply that to your, your discipline and, and the success that you've had um, because I'm, I'm very interested in that now because uh, just to finish up, the other two things that he talked about was just being able to understand that um, how something happens is not as important as what you need to do to make it happen. So instead of like thinking about, and, it's, and this is called the, uh, the, the trading balance scale. So you need to spend way more time on what you do than worry about how it's going to happen. And it's like, Exit, mm-hmm. and, 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 and I remember, I think we talked about, I remember talking to someone about, like, how I don't believe the 10,000-hour rule actually is, is correct because if you act, if you if put in the actions. People
0: that don't know can't explain what the 10,000-hour rule is.
1: Okay, yeah. So, the 10,000-hour rule is basically saying, like, in order to master a skill, you need to put in 10,000 hours. And I think that means, mm-hmm. like, I think the 10,000-hour rule is is true, but I think that it's, like, you got to really look at more in depth what he's talking about because i think when he's talking about mastering a skill i think he's talking about spending more time reading it than actually doing it right because it's like uh, in, a, in another study i have read it was like an art teacher has separated the class i, I wonder if you heard the story it's like an art teacher yeah. separated the class into two groups and they gave an assignment one of the groups were to make the best vase possible and then the other group was to make as many vases as possible so the group that had to make one vase and had to make the best vases possible, they were studying all the vases and the, all, the, all the people that ever made vases, all the all the different artists, all the different color schemes and things that they needed to make a vase. And then a the glass that didn't have to worry about making one vase and just had to make worry about making a quantity of vases, they were just making vases. They didn't care about anything. They was just doing the vases, doing it, doing it, doing it. But what she noticed is that at the end of the, the, the period when the test was up and it was time to grade, the people that spent more time doing it and making a bunch of vases, vases looked better than the people who studied it so I think I think the 10,000 hour rule has to equate how much time you spend actually doing it and then also leverage on how many people around you are on the same page as you that are doing it too because the 10,000 hour rule does not exist to somebody whose, whose parents was in the NBA right and then, then, then yeah. it comes to basketball. Like they, they, you say they put in a ten thousand hours, like five years old. But like no, like even Michael Jackson was five years old, six years old when he came out with a hit record, right. and he didn't put yeah. in ten thousand hours right. in, in at singing. It's like action but it was yeah. leverage. Yeah. It was all this leverage going on when it came to that, and it was him actually doing, right. not learning about other singers. He was five years old. He didn't know who another singer was outside his family. I, really, I, I really <laughs> like
0: that example because, and I use, I like the. The example of Michael Jackson as a kid, because ninety nine point nine percent of people I meet all fall into the same boat, and it's the they have the um, paralysis by analysis. Mm. One. It's like I want to mm. do something. I want to take a take a huge jump in life. I want to make a difference. I want to make more money. I want to whatever you want to do, right? And they spend their whole time studying and trying to figure out how to make sure they don't fail. And it's like, no, you just jump. You know, if you want to <laughs> invest a hundred thousand dollars in an investment opportunity, I'll take probably a few hours to look into it, maybe longer, depending, right. and I'll make my decision, yes or no. If it is yes, boom. I have to be willing to lose that money, right? Mm. Somebody else is still gonna spend, the next day they're still there reading up, like, oh yeah, I wanna make sure I don't lose my money. Or, and this equates to like a lot of areas in life. Yeah, 100%. And I think that's why um, people get ahead. It's because they're not scared of making decisions, they're not scared of losing. And that's one of the biggest issues I've come across when I, when I meet people that I actually do want to do good things and, and do want to make a difference and want to live good lives, want to help others, or whatever the case is, is paralysis by analysis. i mm, yeah, you know, yeah. just so, so stuck on just being scared to, to make a move. Um, I remember when I was working, I had this really good friend, um, got me into real estate, taught me a lot. The funny thing is, he'd been doing this. He had been going to conferences for years mm-hmm. before I met him. Mm-hmm. Reading books. Um, we met. We hit it off. He gave me a lot of good information. Recommended books for me to go to. Right. Recommended conferences. A year later, I already had a property. I already had, I was already making moves. He was still studying. Right. <laughs> he was still studying so and go to conferences. <laughs> <smooth. Yeah. laughs> it's so funny to me because I remember having this conversation. I'm like... Wait, I'm confused. You introduced me to this, right? Right. I already made moves.
1: Mm.
0: You're still studying and going to conferences. How many conferences
1: <laughs> do you need to go to? <laughs> yeah. How
0: yeah. many books and conferences do you need to go to before you take a step and jump? Mm. You know. And he was like, "Yeah, I just don't feel like I'm ready yet. I have the money, but I just feel like it's more." I'm like, "Dude, you know more than I do. Mm. What do you mean you're, you're not you're not ready?" Mm. And for me, that example is a cataclysm. It's it's a perfect reference point for how a lot of us go through life. You know, we're so scared to jump, we're scared to make that, that big that big splash. We're scared to move to a different city because we don't have any friends, we don't have any family, you know, things might go wrong. Okay, move the fuck back. It's not the end of the world. Yeah, right. You know, we're scared to take that new job. Like, oh my gosh, it's a new environment. I don't know what to expect. I'm comfortable here. Who cares? Mm. You have a whole life to live.
1: Right.
0: You know? Um, I'm scared to make that investment. It's going to cost me $3,000. It's going to cost me $10,000. What if I lose the money? Who the fuck cares? You have mm-hmm. your whole lifetime to make that back.
1: Right. You know?
0: Think of 3000 or 10000 or even $20,000. What is that money in the grand scheme of your life? Mm. Nothing. Not a, a speck pebble. of... Not, a speck, not even a pebble. Not even a fucking speck of dust.
1: Right.
0: You know? So... I love what you just said because it, it literally is an example of how we're so scared to—to to make decisions. You know, it goes yeah, back to fear. It goes back to change. To
1: and, I, and, change. and I think like when and, and the last thing that made me realize this is that people like it's it's a four it's like four levels to mastery, and this is a part of mm-hmm. like one of the things. And it's like one time like once you move from unconscious incompetence to conscious to a conscious incompetence you start to realize, oh shit, like I didn't know this this entire time, so I've been doing things unconsciously that mm. didn't support me. And then once you become aware of this, you're like, okay, all right, cool, I need to change. But then once you become consciously competent, it's like, okay, it's like you you want yourself to always, you always think before you do. You always have to think like, okay, this is what I do, so this is what I have to do, mm. you know what I mean? This is gonna make me better, so I'll always do it. And sometimes we don't spend enough time doing that. Or we don't develop the support system behind doing that, and that's where, that's where I like I really I really see like from from what you said as far as like talking about what you said is like really analyzing who your personality is, right? Because it's like if you tend to find yourself being more on the introverted side, then you usually have or or an analytical side. You usually want everything to add up, and you don't trust in the process of thing opportunities being given to you for you to act. And you don't, and you don't understand, like we said with the ten thousand hour rule, that like putting in the action is the most valuable. Putting in the actual work is actually more valuable necessarily than putting in. It's like uh, it's like good marketing. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like good marketing is more, is more powerful to sell something right. than than the quality of the product. So even though you put in all this time making the product quality amazing, you can have the best book in the world. If you don't spend time marketing it, it won't go anywhere. Right, right. You know what I mean. And I feel like that—that's the same way that that that, that analysis by uh, the paralysis by analysis. I I just never fell into the analysis by paralysis. Like way of life, right. because I've always been a, a, a I've always been a, 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 like, a do like do something. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always been a do. But my my mom's a fire, sign, so I'm fire. So you know, fire always has to move. Like fire doesn't go down really. Like like if you give oxygen to fire, it will keep going for days and weeks. Right. You know. Yeah, I mean? can you talk we'll, about we'll some of the signs
0: for a lot of people that aren't really in? Yeah, I guess so
1: this is more like a side passion because like long term, I'm actually going to be opening up myself to be more on an astrological side of consulting um, just because I honestly only use it to better know yourself. Like to quote your book, you was like one of the one of the quotes you have referenced in the royal agreement was the great one of the greatest challenges in life is to know yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what people end up falling into. yeah. 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 And that's and that's what people end up falling into. They just don't they just don't know themselves. Like and and what I, and the reason why I started studying astrology is because I had gotten married and divorced, um, and one of the main reasons that my ex-wife at the time knew that we weren't necessarily meant to be along each other's journey anymore, um, was because that we had we were changing who we naturally were and who we were. So I like to always start that premise off because some people hear astrology and they get like all turned off by it, but I just look at it like the sun rises every day. We tell time by the sun. So we should figure out what's around the sun and understand that that's energy that actually provides the planet everything. Right. So it was not everything because you got the water, right? So, but it, it, you got earth and water. But at the end of the day, how I look at astrology is like elements, and that's the way some like a book called the Five Elements to kind of talks about it too as well. It's like you have the fire personality, which are the go getters, usually extremely extroverted. You have the water type personality, which are people who are extremely intuitive, are very aware of their emotions, and right. care about their emotions you have the earth personality which is stable which is consistent which is systems contracts and then you have the air personality which are just communicators mm. you know what i mean so it's just like communicators and and a part of communicating is entertaining right so it was like and then also like moving someone's emotions is also entertaining so water and air so it's like you're compromise of stardust and all these stardust have specific energies that either bring out more fire, more water, mm. more more air, more earth. Right. Yeah, like, so when you look at Leos, like myself, that's earth. I mean, that's fire. You know what I mean? When you look at Virgos, they call that as earth because what they did in astrology, and the reason why astrologers used to only be assigned to royal families, and you should do your history on that, is really, really, if you were, if you were royal, or if you were royal, which means when you adopt a royal mindset, right, astrologers were the main people that would do a a lot of consulting that people don't really necessarily talk about. And there's some interesting books about that. I can't remember some of the names, but, um, I would, I would just, uh, just, just go check, just go check out some people like the Leo King, um, or AstroLada. Like these are my top two favorite astrologers. Um, but either way, I only say that because, it made me realize that of who more of who I am. So if you have more of like a earth or you have more of like a, a water style of living, so if you are more stable and you like more consistency or like you are extremely aware of your emotions and need your emotions to be articulated and respected, you usually can fall into more of that analysis paralysis. And, and, and you got to be honest with yourself. And the reason why I like astrology is because just because you might in one area of your life be super aggressive another area of your life you might not be you might Mm. be a different element so you have to really go into like Mm. okay all right cool in this area of my life like when it comes to business i'm great when it comes to career but when it comes to taking evaluation of my health i'm struggling Mm. you know what i mean because that's because you're you're a different style right like you like you have a different like like in order for you to grow in your health is different than how you're going to grow in your business your strengths might Suit you in business, and they might not be suiting you in your health, or or do you or you might have problematic areas in your life that have to do with your health. Right. So, like on a grander scheme of things, I think the first basics of astrology is just for you to know yourself better. That's why people got so hype about the sun. Uh, see, people are so like um all about horoscopes, especially females. Like, like very early in life, that's who introduced me to Zodiacs, was females. Like, I just learned from females. I was like, every, almost every female I met, most of them were super aware of this. Like, like for instance, my, uh, my, my ex-mother-in-law has a tattoo of her Zodiac sign. You know what I mean? Like, people, what's your Zodiac sign? Like, it's big and it's around, but it's not really... Dove more in depth, and right. I, and that's why I wanted to go back to the. I'm gonna multi-thread this conversation and go back a little bit to when you were talking about the subconscious, because I think accessing the subconscious, people make it seem like this such a big ordeal, but for me, and I would love to hear your thoughts on it. Is like for me, I think the subconscious just means taking a step to X Y. And I think right. when you're a kid, when you're asking why so much, it's because that's all you have is the subconscious. Right. So if you're if the people of the people that's telling you why and answering your questions as a kid aren't telling you the truth, then you end up operating your whole subconscious off right. of lies. No. So, absolutely. So 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 what, so what's your thoughts on developing the subconscious? No, I, I actually I actually, I actually agree.
0: Word. And in, in my book, I the subconscious represents what I talk about when I refer reference to the white people. Mm-hmm. right? So. Let's say, like, I'll go back to the weight thing. You want to lose weight, right? A lot of us want to lose weight. So we just start, like, all right, cool. I'm going to go to the gym. Um, I want to lose weight because I want to lose weight. That's it, right? Right. But Mm -hmm. it's like, no, that's not the reason. Why do you want to lose weight? Do you want to lose weight because you want to be healthier? Do you want to lose weight because you want to live longer for your kids? You know, do you want to lose weight because you have health issues that you want to get rid of? Mm -hmm. You know, why do you want to lose weight? That's your subconscious. That's you sitting down. And, and talking to your subconscious. Uh, let's say you want to be successful. Alright, cool. I want to make a bunch of money and be successful. No, you don't. Why do you want to do that? Is it because you just want to have money and spend money and live a, a happy life because you think money is going to bring you happiness? Mm-hmm. Well, you're f- fucking mistaken because it's not. You mm-hmm. know, um, It's going to help. It, it's a lot easier to be unhappy and wealthy versus unhappy and broke. Mm-hmm. So, right. um, it, it's, it, it helps, but... Um, It's not gonna make you happy. Hmm. You know, so your subconscious is saying all right cool Why do I want money? Why do I want to be wealthy? Do I want to be healthy? So I can do I want to be sorry? It's uh, do I want money so I can help my family so I can Hmm. buy a a house for my parents Right do I want money because I want to create a great life for my kids? Do I want money because I want to take it back to let's say I'm from I? Don't know Peru for example I want to want money because I want to make money and take it back to my country and it help rebuild. Hmm. Um, for me, my conversation with my subconscious—I actually didn't. I was lucky because I never had to have this conversation about money because I already knew what I wanted to do with it, hmm. and it was to help others. Hmm. So for me, my my conversation with my subconscious would have been, um, why do I want why do I want money? And the answer would have been because I want to help others, and that's what. And that's what uh, a lot of, uh, that's what helps us with our subconscious conversations. Mm-hmm. When our whys or reasons for doing things transcend who we are,
1: hmm.
0: right? Yeah. So my why transcends who I am. The reason I want money has nothing to do with me. Of course, it's nice to, I don't know, stay in nice hotels and have have nice cars and live a life where money is not an issue for you. But my reason for wanting money transcends who I Transcend myself
1: hmm.
0: I want to help others I want to make like, sure that my family never has to work again if they don't want to I want to make sure my kids are set more importantly I want to make sure that I can help others with that money and make an impact on the world hmm. right I feel like I'm here for a reason and me accruing wealth is living out that literally living out the reason why I'm here which is to give it back and help others okay. that's my reason for being here right hmm. and I've felt that since I was a kid. So my why and my subconscious conversation transcends me. I'm not doing it for me, I'm doing it for others, right? right? Because that's what really makes me happy. Mm. Having a nice car, having a nice place, all that bullshit, it's nice, but what really makes me happy is when I, when I'm volunteering, you know, and feeding kids, homeless kids, and Mm. seeing a look on their faces, Mm. or giving them my clothes and seeing a look on their faces. Right. You know, that's what makes me happy. So it transcends, my why transcends me. Mm. For someone that wants to lose weight, right? It could be, I want, I really, I love my kids. I want to be able to live as long as possible for my kids. I want to be able to run with them. I'm having health issues. Um, I want to make sure I want to see my kids get, my kids graduate. Um, so in their, in their case, their conversation with their subconscious transcends them losing weight for themselves. Right. There's nothing wrong with wanting to lose weight for yourself as long as it's for the right reasons. Mm. You know, because if you just want to lose weight because you want to look good. For some people, it works, but for the most part, it has to be a, have a deeper meaning, mm-hmm. you know, beyond you just wanting to look good. You right. know, maybe for health reasons, that's always a great reason for 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 your kids, for your family, for whatever else. It's always a good reason, mm-hmm. and that translates into a lot of things, right? You know, um, a study was done that actually showed that people who realize that they're here for a purpose live a live longer. And live healthier lives and happy lives than people who are just here, you yeah. know. So finding a purpose is also a, a, a good way to go about things.
1: And and, you know? and what would you say? Because I I was I thought of this about a couple seconds ago. How do you how do you, how would you say you determine whether someone is answering a why authentically or answering in a, a why like I'm doing this because it's rooted in someone else and what they told them. Right.
0: Only them can answer that
1: Mm.
0: and uh, like I said earlier it's a conversation with themselves
1: Mm.
0: and one of the ways that they know is if you you weren't getting paid a dime for doing what you think your why is or your purpose is Mm. would you still do it? If the answer is yes then you're probably on the right path. Right. Because for my why and my purpose, I don't want to get, I don't, I'm not going to get paid for it. I don't get paid for helping others. I'm the one losing money.
1: Right.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. When I'm volunteering um, at the nonprofit here in San Diego, uh, here in San Diego, is called Standard for Kids, I'm not getting paid for it. I'm the one spending my time, and my money, donating clothes um, for these kids. I'm the one giving. I'm mm-hmm. not receiving anything back. Right. Right. Mm hmm. Um. Actually, I, I lied. I am receiving something back, and what I'm receiving back is is the joy.
1: Yeah, yeah. Multi-dimensional. Right. Mm-hmm. There's
0: the joy that I that I that I put on their faces. It's not just about money. You know? it's about being happy. Exactly. Uh. So, I love that question that you asked, but that's the that's the one one of the best ways to to find out if you're on the right path. You know, right. ask yourself, if I wasn't making anything for this, if I wasn't getting any adulation, and that's another thing about getting praise or adulation Um, and psychology is called heaven's reward fallacy is the idea. And this has always bugged me since I was a kid is the idea that you need that you expect something back for the good deeds you're doing, Hmm. you know, and a lot of, a lot of us are like that. Like we do something for someone and uh, we're like, all right, cool. Well, you owe me one. Hmm. All you need is a thank you. That's it. When I do things for people, I don't expect anything back. You know, all you got to do is show gratitude, say thank you, boom. I don't want you to, if, I, if you give me a massage, I don't, I'm not <laughs> don't
1: going expect, to expect me
0: to give you one either. Because I don't, I don't think that way. Hmm. So when I do things for people, I don't expect anything back. And I hate that when... I do something for someone, they're like, "Oh yeah, oh you." you don't owe me anything. Nobody in this fucking planet owes you anything.
1: Yeah, that's when that you makes know, me think about Gary. That makes me think about Gary V, and it makes me think about this uh, this multi million dollar uh, network marketer who was a, a Chinese woman who was in who had Chinese businesses right. and then did internet and e commerce. And she said, "I will first start with Gary Vee. He said, "One of the things that limited his dad's success. It won't stop you from being successful because the law of exchange." is real like you like if somebody of a value is value isn't like destroyed or created it's transferred so transferring value happens and since money is an energy tool it can be used to transfer value but he said with his dad would hinder his dad was that since he would be expecting it back from them he would be blocking the receiving he would be Mm. blocking other things that may be coming his way or he would just understand like he wouldn't understand that it's not necessarily that person who's supposed to give you something back but maybe the experience or maybe the value the value is being given somehow it doesn't always have to be given exactly back to you And he was like That's what limited his dad He said his dad Would help people And do things for people And then they wouldn't Do anything to him And they'd allow him To change his emotional state And allow him To start reevaluating Whether he should Stop giving or not So it was like When you expect Something back immediately You almost get to this point Where you have to stop giving And that's where people That's where people Really mess up And then it also Made me think of this Asian woman Because this Asian woman I swear she And she didn't speak English So like she came up And like literally Built an American business With all Chinese people um and she came up and said like six words she was like she came in and this was like a thousand dollar event i had paid for traveled to Um, i spent a lot of education on i spent a lot of money on from 19 to 21 i probably spent a little over 150 grand on traveling and education and books and seminars and all that stuff so i put in my i put in my i put in a lot um but i don't expect anything from it now that's why i think my relationships now are showing me prosperity on such a high level um, but she was like lower class take, middle class exchange, mm. wealthy give, and it's a mindset. So it was like, and, it, and it's not like you can't always expect exchange because it's like your cup has to be filled for you to give. And I think that's where a lot of people run into problems. No, I,
0: I have to stop you, and I have to challenge you. Now. Your cup does not have to be filled.
1: You, do, you don't has. think so? Your or, cup or does, taken your cup from does you? not
0: have. There's, your cup does not have, and that's the issue. People think that they need to be. On this high level of wealth and affluence, or or feel like they need to be in a, live in abundance to make a difference, and that is that is not the case. Hmm. That is not the case. Your cup does not have to be full.
1: I think we it's your it. real, I think it's your real cup though. Like you got well, a, yes, you got a yes. greed cup. You're, you're you got, inner, need. Yes. You got inner, a need. You got right, a need in a want cup. You of got course. a need cup, which is like I really only need this water. Right. And then you got the one cup, like like the need cup is like I really only need this uh I, I really only need this small fry, right? right. And then you got the, the other cup of like want, but I really want the whole meal. I really want the whole big cup. Like so, I mean like more so like your needs, right? So it's like your basic needs cup needs to be filled. I, I think of the needs cup. I should clarify not not your whole like you got to be very specific on the cup we talking right. about. You know what I mean? Because I feel like certain people's cups are so grandiose because they want to live up to other people's expectations, right. and it's not just like what right. do I need. And, you and, know it, what I mean? so,
0: and it goes back to what you said earlier about when you were growing up.
1: And, and you, thought you,
0: you thought you had it bad, right? Mm-hmm. And then you met other people. Like, Whoa. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think that ties into that. Um, and us realizing that we can help others. We can... F- forget helping others for a second. We can make a difference in our surroundings. Mm-hmm. Through, through friends, through family members, um, in many different ways. Mm-hmm. Through even in society as well without feeling like well everything with us is whole right mm-hmm. now yeah. the question is are you open to that because we live in a world where it's killer be killed not literally but it's like a doggy dog world you got you have to go get it nobody's going to help you and it, and we live in a society that kind of fosters, uh, fosters that uh, mentality so um you just kind of have to to realize that if you if 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 you do want to make a difference with your family members, with your friends, in other ways, you know, you can make that difference. Your cup does not have to be always filled. You don't have to perceive your cup as being filled, you know. You can be going through a heartbreaking relationship issue, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And your friend is going through the same. At that moment, from your perspective, your cup is not filled. You're healing. Mm-hmm. But don't, under, don't underestimate the value, and I hate that word of value, but don't underestimate the, the influence, the positive influence you can help or can have in your friend in that moment. Even though you're still healing, you can help make him whole. Hmm. Right? Right. Just through words of encouragement, through conversation, through letting him vent and, you know, express his feelings. Um, so that's just, that's just one example. Yeah, but, and, then, and
1: then also, yeah, because you got to remember, like, you reap what you sow. So the more you give, the more giving will be on to, be done onto you. Right. So it's kind of almost it's it's definitely that first principle. Uh, I just like the 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 cup the cup to the, yeah yeah. The, I, I would I I respect that challenge though hundred percent because I definitely I definitely do think you have to really master the giving aspect um, first. Like you gotta operate from a mindset of I'm a give no matter what. Right. Like and, and that giving is to, and and the reason why I say your cup. And and I would actually I would challenge that because I would challenge your challenge. Let's challenge your challenge for okay. a second because I believe that you giving to yourself is the first thing that must happen. I agree. You loving yourself. So when I mean like cup filling, like do you think that self love is not the first factor? Then being able to help others, or I
0: I do think the, I do think that is the first fact, factor because you can't help others without helping yourself first. Right? It all starts from within. You can't love others without loving yourself. If you don't love yourself. 100%, there's no way you can love somebody else. No matter how much love they're giving you, no matter how much care, and and every single thing that you need, doesn't matter how much they're giving you. If you don't love yourself deeply, there's no way you can reciprocate. You know, you just be in that relationship or situation, um, and you'd be numb. You'd be numb to what they're giving you.
1: Right, right. You know,
0: mm-hmm. 100% you'd be numb to it.
1: And I think what happens with people with the, with the what, uh, what happens is they start to develop a, a, a fine line between loving themselves and being greedy. And be, or be, or loving themselves and thinking they're better than someone else. I think that's the hardest part is that I had to realize too within myself. And I see with other people, like, I noticed that people would take care of themselves perfectly. But they've seen themselves 10 times more valuable than the other person. Right. Like, I just like be, you know what? That's crazy. But I, really, I think that's like a huge topic that's going on. I
0: really love what you just said because I've gotten that stigma in the past. And mm. I think it's because the person that's coming from does either does has never experienced self love on a high level mm. or mm. they just don't understand how to get to that level. Right? Yeah, for sure. And I'll I'll explain. So, how I see myself, and I've said this before in the past, how I see myself all times is like a newborn baby, mentally. Mm. Right? No negative emotions. um, Sorry, no negative connotations Mm. emotionally. Right? No, damn, man. Michael, you fucked up. You're such an idiot. None of that. Mm. None of that. No putting myself down. Um... I embrace challenges, I embrace mistakes, I embrace right. failure, because that's how I grow the most. I grow through through winning and success as well, but uh, through failures was what really calcifies the growth, mm. right? right. Um, but that's, honestly, with me, that's literally, I literally see myself as a newborn baby mentally. Mm. Just imagine if I put a newborn baby on your lap right now, how fragile you treat that baby, right? right. You, Make sure you hold them the perfect way. Um, Make sure nobody touching them. The, exactly, right exactly. Yeah. So that's how I see my psyche. Mm-hmm. When you see your psyche that way, it projects itself out mm-hmm. because you're 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 happy. Sometimes you might appear that you feel like you're better than others, and it's it's really not. It's just it's just them, It's self love. It's confidence, themselves. right? Mm-hmm. And I've seen that type of mental. Um, Positive stimulation in others and I identify with them automatically and never feel like they're acting better than me or or feel like they're looking down on me I identify what they're Saying yeah, and the funny thing is that people I've seen That challenge that type of um, Mental Mental love they don't have it within themselves. Hmm. They're the ones that um, Seek validation from society Mm. or social media, um, or from others, right? right? They're the ones that have had possibly relationship issues in the past, mm. um, or have or have had people um, damage their self-worth,
1: mm-hmm.
0: in a way. Yeah. Um, and I know I'm saying this is across the board for everybody, but for the most part, people that perceive others as, um, at least I can speak for others, People that have perceived me as that way in the past mm-hmm. have actually come back when they were in a better place emotionally and say, wow, now I see
1: mm-hmm.
0: why you were that way or why you were that way. You're not actually looking down on me. It's self-love. It's mm-hmm. confidence. It's, it's gratitude for everything that you are, everything that you have to offer the world. Um, it's, it's so many things that have nothing to do with the ego or looking down on people. Right. These these are what other people have told me once they came around and, you know, through their personal growth process. Mm-hmm. So I really like that you just pointed that out because um, if anybody watching this uh, sees that in somebody else in the future or have seen it in the past, just think back and say, why was I feeling that way? Was it because are they really egoic and they re- do they really have issues? Because that is a possibility too. Right. You know, or are they just ascended mentally
1: hmm. you know facts
0: it's that simple and if you really want to know if you really want to really know one, <laughs> if you really 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 want to get to know someone actually don't pay attention to how they treat you pay attention to how they treat other people hmm. and how other people respond to them because we all have different versions my version of you is a lot different from your mom's version of you. Mm. It's different from your friend's version of you. Right.
1: Um,
0: because if I <laughs> if somebody asks me to describe you, the way I describe you and the way your mom describes you, is gonna be totally different. Because our perspective of you is completely different. Right. But what I need to watch, if I really want to get to know you, if I didn't know you, is watch how you treat other people mm. and how they respond to you. That's how I really know right. you. So right. if you feel no, like if right. you feel yourself doubting in somebody's uh, somebody's personality or like saying oh man this guy is so egoic or this woman she this girl she thinks she's the shit or he thinks she's the shit go around your friends watch how they treat their friends watch how they, their friends treat them watch how the family treats them because this is this isn't something you can hide right right cuz if i think you're an asshole but everybody loves you then there's something going on here that I need to kind of recalibrate mm-hmm. and re- right. re-understand right. about Right, so you. true. Right? Right, 100%. But if I think you're the best person in the world and everybody thinks you're an asshole, or everybody hates you, there's something that you're hiding from me. Hmm. You see the difference? Yeah. It's such a thin line, but it's that's a huge difference. Yeah, for sure. Right? Yeah. You've yeah. learned a lot since you actually moved out here to L.A. Yeah.
1: So, so when did you move out here to L.A. again? July 1st is when I July 1st, okay. Across the border. So about California. a year ago. Yeah, Okay. about.
0: So let's start from... What made you decide to move out here? Mm-hmm. What? How was your life at that point last year? Um, actually, let's let's go back to January last year, like started with the new year, mm-hmm. and what happened uh, to get you into July where you're like, all right, time for LA.
1: So I actually didn't know I was coming to LA until like five days before I got here. So really? Like, yeah, yeah. So I didn't know I was gonna come out here. I wasn't like. This wasn't like a really calculated move, you know okay. what I mean? Because what, what was calculated was in January. I had, we, I was on my, I was on my what, like fifth, six month of marriage. Okay. Um, so I had everything planned out, um, like wow. as far as like the real estate we was gonna buy, how much money we were investing, how much money we were making. Um, what was the budget like? Um, and so I was like, or what was the budget for our five and 10 year goal? So I had, I was sh I was a little, I was a lot more strategic. Um, and every move I made then was extremely calculated. Okay. Um, so like me coming out to LA was kind of a spur in the moment. So in January I was working, um, I was working as an Uber and Lyft driver. I was working in two different restaurants and I was running, um, and I just had, I just had, I was slightly still running my network marketing business, but okay. not really, it was just still returning me residual. So it was like, I still had like five or six customers that were buying X amount of products right, that, right. that were giving me a few hundred dollars a month and stuff okay. like that. So I had those four things running. I was working by around like a good, good 80, like a 80 work, 80 hour work week was like a, uh, like a relaxing, that was a relaxing week for wow. me, um, at that point. Um, so for me it was just like I was I was running aggressively towards a goal and towards my goals right. and then sorry I'm then laughing kinda, good, real quick I think because yeah.
0: you worked at like you've, you've worked at like seven restaurants right you yeah seven, me? seven
1: yeah. restaurants in like three wow. years like three years that's crazy yeah, yeah. I, have a, I would just go into the restaurants with a suit like my first restaurants that I worked I didn't even own my suit I would just rent the suit and to keep the tags on it and then return it. Mm-hmm. Right? But I would wow. just go in with a suit and I would I uh, I would I would ask the person, like, can I speak to the manager and just have a conversation with them. It's all about conversations and, and understanding people. And I just, I learned that through network marketing. The more mm-hmm. I knew myself, the more I kind of learned how I can better communicate. Right. Um, I wasn't a grand communicator. I, I feel like people who come from Small families don't really necessarily step into the art of communication that often or mm. just understanding how to deal with your emotions. Because when you got a big family, you can't leave. Like, if somebody annoying you, you still got to live in that same house with mm. you. You got to learn to work around it. Um, wow. but either I never way, thought about that. Yeah, yeah. It's a, big families have they tend to do a little bit better. Middle children tend to do a little bit better, too, at communicating in and, and conflict resolution. But the youngest tend to do better at uh, not avoiding others' mistakes. So, so a lot younger is usually like, oh, you did this wrong, you did this wrong, you did this wrong, okay, I can do this right. So right. it's like, it's, it's, it's a little smooth transition. These are just like psychology, like right, psychological right. things of uh, uh, being born or being a younger, or being only child. But um, yeah, so like I decided to go to LA when I was in a music festival with my friend in Michigan because I was moving to Michigan. So like um, around, I think it was around, a, ab- it was around like February, actually it was around February, where uh, we had decided that we wanted to separate. Um, so I didn't really have a direction and where I wanted to go. I knew because I had so much planned. And it was like all my plans was kind of being turned upside down on its head. Um, and I wasn't uh, acting like... After that, I was like, wow, I really need to find myself because I attach so much of my life to this person. Um, and, that's, and, and that's just not a good thing to do, um, especially when you're under 27 to Mm -hmm. be honest or or don't have an established way of being able to live or an established income yeah yeah yeah, established foundation like loving yourself and all that so i realized that i had some holes in that area around like february march um and i didn't know how to solve them and i and i didn't feel like uh philadelphia like they say change your people places and things when you have a problem Mm -hmm. so it's like i already had changed my people um, I, 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 already changed the things as far as like, I got myself into my own home. Like it was a nice little, it was, I was renting it, but it still was like for a year I had three bedroom house and I could like, I had, I had what I wanted. Like I, I had reached that sense of financial security. I wanted, and that was being able to be, being able to make 70 grand a year, 80 grand a year. after have to be in a dropout. So mm-hmm. I just was like, if I can do that, I can, I can, I can make a step forward for myself. Right. Um, but I was like I was in Michigan and I was at this festival called uh, the electric forest Festival and I was with a couple friends and one of the friends had really had helped me a lot grow spiritually introduced me to cryptocurrency and everything and it was a really smart individual but I realized that he he his emotional security and his self image was so healthy I respected that from him his mom was actually a, a big big into astrology like his mom would got him a report like a like a paid like paid somebody hundreds of dollars to give him like a first-hand Report from like a, one of the top astrologers in Virginia. Like she has like a seven figure business of doing yeah. astrology, um and he and he was like, "Yo, let's go to Electric Forest." And then he had friends in Michigan. They wanted to build a cryptocurrency consulting company, and I had talked talk to them about going all in and doing that. Which they, I think, they still do. I think that's still out in Michigan. They 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 did. It was just delayed a couple months. And I was just like, mm, "I want to try something new. I want to go something new." So I just packed up, like, so I had my bags packed already. I had my car full of my stuff because my lease was up in July 1st. Like, July 1st, I was supposed right. to be out. So I left for Michigan on the 28th. Um, I got to Michigan on the 1st, drove there. And then I just uh, I just didn't feel, I just didn't feel like, I, I felt like I was running. Like, I, I, did, I didn't feel like I was running to the answer. Mm. I felt like I was just running from the problem. Or, or and, just running. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I think you got to run a little bit, though. I think I think when you have a problem in a situation, if you stay there, you'll just keep accruing the problem of the situation. Sure. Like you, you, like you gotta move. Like movement is the key. Like you gotta move from somewhere. But I didn't think. I think what happens is a lot of people are just moving away from the actual solution. So yeah. it's like if you run towards the right direction, then that's how you end up with stories like, yeah, I made it out the hood. I don't have the same friends from the hood because I ran in a different direction. I moved out of the, like I had to move out of that situation or move from a job into a better job instead of move back.
0: How do people, first of all, realize that they're walking in place or running in place, right? And um, for you, how did you realize that? Because a lot of people, you said something yesterday when we were hanging out and it was about um, not, not misunderstanding the idea of um, progress um, for I forgot how you worded it, mm-hmm. but it was the idea of of, of not doing something and mm-hmm. assuming
1: it's just progress. Hmm. I forgot how the how you worded it. So as as far as like uh, is just because you're doing something doesn't mean it's actually like moving you forward. Or, exactly. Or, or just because or after a while like and it's hard to really tell that right um, And, I,
0: and I've, I've heard Gary V talk about it as well but it's, it's really important sorry it's really important mm-hmm. um, I think it happens to a lot of us where we we assume because we're doing something we mistake that for progress, mm,
1: right? Yeah, yeah right. Hundred percent. So it's just it's just the
0: idea of just getting your car and just driving. Well, you're driving, but you're not fucking going anywhere. Yeah, or going? or
1: you're driving <laughs> to a destination that doesn't make you happy. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's so, why that's why your why vehicle is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it was just like I I like how I knew that I was in the wrong place in Michigan is I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop my thoughts like I couldn't find peace like and it was like and I was certain search- and that's what I was really searching for It's like I was searching for peace and when I had started to study my subconscious mind I realized that my environment was giving me energy like so the environment of the house that I was in was uh it was it was to my subconscious mind it was just saying that my relationship is broken so I'm broken
0: Mm. So and
1: I thought since my relationship was broken, I was broken and the environment around me didn't support like I didn't know how to cleanse the energy, I didn't change the energy of the house like that that place that I was in had an energy that did not support me being the better version I wanted to of myself. And when I went to the electric forest it was like nobody was there to help me like or support me. It was like when I went there it's like everybody was just trying to have a good time and I felt the energy of a lot of people Putting a good time ahead of their happiness, or using a good a good time as a distraction right. for them to be happy, and I guess the next phase of life that I talk about in my favorite book, um, other than the Royal Agreement, right. <laughs> <but> <laughs> my favorite book, the book that was given to me when I was on the hospital bed, it was like the second phase of life after you discover a healthy self image is being able to. When well, this is usually from the ages of twenty to forty, usually some people extend faster than others, but the next thing is about being able to. Master your way of creating money to be secure. So master your security, but also master temptations and the biggest distractions, which is sex and drugs. So from the ages, like when you reach that separate stage of life, it's like once you love yourself. Sometimes people get exposed to the sex and drugs so early that it it distorts their own self image. So that's what a lot of that's what a lot of people are actually walking through. But I have realized, and I, and I referenced that, and I referenced that book a lot, in other books, but I just referenced that book because it was the only universal law book I was given that was written by an African-American man in the 70s and 80s. So it was, like, extremely applicable. It was like, look, like, look, I, I lived in America under the same shit that you had to f- suffer through, and it just, it just added, it just had amazing ways for me to apply. So I was just looking like, hmm, this environment is literally a bunch of distractions, it was just girls running around. And, and I kind of had fed up with it because I was like, I didn't want to run from that. Like, it was a girl that came up to me and she had, like, a lot of girls were just body painted, like shirtless, but just their body painted. And I was just like, oh, like, I was just like, damn, like, this is distracting me. Right. Well, like, I, I, don't, I sorry, don't care real, like, about the I festival wanna, as much as I care about my family. I want to go
0: back because I feel really passionate about this. So something you said, the African-American author you said you read about? Yeah, yeah. And you said um, you... He was talking about how, you know, he, these are all things that he had to go through and you felt like you identified with him because mm-hmm. you're like, well, yeah, he, we, we have the same struggle. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, and the, the word that stuck out to me that you mentioned was identifying, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like a lot of it is a lot of the issues with um, African-Americans and, um, Or just people, anybody, could be white, could be black, could be Asian, anybody, it goes for Mm. everybody. A lot of issues that we face as a society, as people, is the mistake of identifying with the propaganda that's used to push that issue, Mm. right?
1: Yeah.
0: So, example if we all grew up in the same house, we all look the same, right? Mm -hmm. And every single day, Somebody comes in the house and says, you're ugly. To everybody, like, you're fucking ugly, you're ugly, you're ugly. Every single day for 30 years, you're ugly, you're ugly, you're ugly. But if I'm in the back just chilling, like, shit, I'm, I'm pretty as fuck. Like, I'm not ugly. Right. Right? <laughs> right. And we all look the same. After 30 years, for the most part, 99.9, almost everybody in that room is going to think they're ugly. Right. The ones that at least believed the stranger that walked in every single day and said, you're ugly, you're ugly, you're ugly, you're ugly, every single day. Right. So that's where the problem comes with identifying, right? And I feel like not all, but some of the issues that we face is because we identify with what we see on TV, mm. with what has been pushed down for years and generations right. on us, mm-hmm. saying, oh, you know... It's harder for black people to be successful, Hmm. right? After after hearing that, if you're 30 years old, you've been hearing that your whole life, you believe, like, yeah, it's fucking hard for me to be fucking successful. I applied for that job. I didn't get it. It's because I was fucking black.
1: Right.
0: You know, I applied for that home loan. I didn't get it because I'm black. Hmm. You know, and like I said, there's a lot of truth to that. Racial profiling is real. Racism is fucking real it's embedded in the system and that's more yeah. dangerous than overt racism the one you don't see that's a lot more dangerous so i'm not saying it doesn't exist but i think that at least for me my personal life what helped me a lot is not identifying with that because mm. my parents are nigerian so growing up when i see stuff on tv like yeah it's so so much harder for black people to or african-americans um, to get into college um it's, it's so harder to be successful it's so harder to get loans it's so much harder to get jobs i never identify with that hmm. because i feel like well i'm nigerian i'm not african i'm nigerian right. right so that stigma never calcified the way i view the world and my perception of how the world views me
1: hmm.
0: if that makes sense yeah like,
1: yeah, yeah no 100 i'd
0: get pulled over by the cops all the time Right? When I was growing up in D.C., i get put over all the time, just like everybody else. But I never thought, fuck, man, I'm black, so it's probably going to give me a ticket or whatever the fuck. Mm. And 99.9% of the time, I probably only gotten a ticket like once or twice my whole life. And I got put over
1: a lot of times. Right. Because you drive like a man. I don't know. I... <laughs> <laughs> and that's never changing. <laughs> um,
0: but yeah, like, I've. I've... <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten pulled over a lot of times, but I think a lot of a lot that had to do with it was as well, just my mentality. I'm like, I'm gonna be okay, and that goes into my next point, which is our thoughts. Like thoughts become things. People yeah. underestimate the power of thoughts. For sure. Like if you think that you're held down and life is going to be harder for you or whatever, then it probably is. Mm-hmm. You know, right, if for you sure. go if you go into a relationship feeling like, man, I'm not pretty or Or if you had a bad experience that affected how you view yourself and you go into a new relationship, that baggage is going to affect your new relationship. No matter how amazing you are, no matter how amazing your new girlfriend or new boyfriend is, it's going to affect your relationship and it's probably going to end eventually. So these are things that we need to keep in mind that thoughts really do become things and we shouldn't capitulate or fall into the trap of always identifying with what we see on TV or on social media um, or wherever else. You know, it really does make a difference. So I just have to point that out when you said, you know, he wrote the book. I'm sure he's a great author and you felt like you identified with him. So if you were identifying with his struggle, maybe growing up in a, in a household where his dad wasn't really there for him or his mom wasn't really there for him or he just had a rough childhood, that's one thing. But... I think there's a lot of us that make the mistake of identifying not with the struggle, but with the propaganda of the struggle.
1: Right. And, you know and what I mean? Yeah, and the propaganda of the struggle, and this is a, something I learned from a book called Know Thyself. Like, the propaganda of the struggle is your story. Mm. Because at the end of the day, it's like, it's not just, we're not just talking about, yeah, You're once you identify with being a spiritual being, living a human experience, all that transcends. But then you have to go back to being, then you have to go back to the human experience. So it's like, spiritually, we are all one. We are all connected, universe, one song. You know what I mean? So it's like, we all play together. Like, we all in this together. There's no one different sun that you operating under. There's no, if we die, our skeletons all look the same. Like, you know what I mean? I think that was a a post that you had put up or somebody had put up. I think it was my other, uh, my friend Ebok. He had put up a post, like, with the skeletons and it was just, like, black, Asian white gay but they were skeletons so they all, all looked the same, same. Yeah. right so it's like at the end of the day so from a from a from a uh from a human experience point when you learn that we're all the same when you learn that it's your spirit it's the character like Mar- like Martin Luther King Jr would say it's the character that defines you how you are what you operate on your philosophies then you can transcend but when you don't understand that you're kind of only looking to people that look like you and to be honest, it's like everyone's, <clears throat> depending on where you come from, will dictate the which what struggles and what challenges you do have, right? But at the end of the day, like you said, you can pro- you can be projecting more of the problem, and that's what it's really designed for. The system is uh, of course a hundred percent in play, not just because to hurt you, but it's also the propaganda is told so you can think it and then start projecting it yourself. So it's like now you're projecting situations where you think people are going to hurt you or people are going to hate you. But the you, more you develop, like, knowledge of the system, like, when i be, when I develop knowledge of the system and then I've developed a stronger faith and a stronger spirit is when I stop operating from, oh, I'm black, it's going to be necessarily harder. Right. I don't think it's necessarily going to be harder. I just necessarily think it takes heat and pressure to make diamonds. Right. So, like, now it's just, like, no matter, how, it ain't necessarily harder for anyone, but I'm also taking into consideration what my cards and what my human experience means. 'Cause my human experience been through certain things that are different than other people's human experience. Of course, of course. So that's that's how I look at it. It's like, yo, in spirit, we all one. But human experience, mine is different. Right. Just well, like no, yours I, is different, I, just like yeah. everyone that's you know what I mean? It's kinda like body types. Like certain people have different body types. It's not right. I'm not saying that you your body is less important than the other person's. But I am acknowledging the fact that you have a different body type. So your body, your human experience has a different way of receiving the energy, right. cultivating the energy and transferring it. Right. Well, you know yeah, I mean?
0: so, no, no, you're, you're right. I do. I do see where you're coming from. But I still have to disagree with you. That is our that it's your story. Um, I think we have the power to create our story. And if if my mom was a serial rapist um, or whatever something negative Mm -hmm. I don't have to feel like that's my story I think I have the power to create my own Mm -hmm. story right and that's kind of how and I think that's maybe what that's why I think differently from a lot of people or what separates me or where I've gotten where I'm at is um, I've been aware at a young age that that is not our story we have the power to create our story Mm -hmm. and instead of attaching ourselves to that history or that story we can create our own, yeah. right? Because to mm-hmm. me, it is real. What happened is real. There are things put in place to keep black people behind. Those were put in place a long time ago, and a lot of it still exists. Mm-hmm. You just have to look at the prison system. To I me, mean, that's simple.
1: Yeah,
0: um, and so many other examples.
1: Yeah,
0: um, but for me, at a young age, I realized, oh, you're. If you're black, it's harder for you to get into certain schools, which is true. Mm-hmm. If you're black, it's harder for you to get, get certain jobs, yeah. which is true. If you're black, it's you're more likely to get pulled over, get shot, all these other things. Those things are true. But growing up, I was like, you know what? It doesn't apply to me. Mm-hmm. I just made that decision in my mind that these are all, as, as true as they are, they're also social constructs. Right. And I was gonna live my my life being attached to social, social constructs, right? Right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's what a lot of people need to do. No matter it doesn't matter if you're black, white, whatever, uh, because there are always things that are gonna be have that, that are gonna happen to us. We're gonna look back and say, "Yeah, I saw it coming," um, because this person said this, or that person said this, or society said this. But you have to live a life not being attached to societal constructs mm. you know Lauren made a great example yesterday when we we're talking and she was saying that um, as a black woman she kind of has to go over and beyond right because right, right. in the rooms that she sits in the boardrooms and all that good stuff people are just gonna challenge her just because of how she looks alone right b- based on no other merit mm-hmm. and that is real um, that's a real thing that a lot of women go through a lot of men go through but at the end of the day, you just have to walk in and say, "I don't give a shit what you think about me. I don't give a shit of what your idea of me is. Right. I'm going to show you who I really am, mm-hmm. and that's gonna that's gonna handle
1: things." And and it's funny that you say that because it, it makes me think of another things. Like one, like the way I was able to just separate that from myself is when no, when I was reading No Life Self, he said that you have an element of yourself that not just is here to help your ethnic background but it's also an element of yourself that's here to help the entire planet so it's like if you're only operating on helping your ethnic background you are completing something you are helping your the problems of your ethnic background but until you can transcend and understand that you're supposed to actually help humanity as well then you won't really fully be living out your full multi-dimensional purpose Sometimes I feel like people just keep their purpose so aligned with their ethnic background that they forget that that was also constructed. You know what I mean? Like, right. so, like so it was like... No, I agree, but, but I agree. Uh, but certain ethnic backgrounds allow you to attach positive self-images. And I can tell you one thing, uh, the first experience I ever had with a scholar that was Nigerian was he told me that as a Nigerian, we are the smartest. As a Nigerian, we are the best. Like, literally, he was programming great self-image tools that he associated with being nigerian and and it's great that you like and, and that's and that's and that's something that i never like got poured into like my mom wasn't saying because i'm an african-american i i will be the strongest ever i am the smartest ever because I mean, she was like no she was like it's gonna be harder for you right. to do this it's gonna be my mom told me exactly what the social construct was and my mom operated from the social construct. It was look, it's gonna be harder for you. Look, you need to watch out for this. Look, you need to watch out for that. Because on a on a third dimensional on a third dimensional aspect, you do. But when you don't realize that your thoughts are manifesting, if you feel that you are less, then your feelings, if your thoughts become your feelings, and then your feelings turn your energy around you. Right. So when you tell yourself I'm not I'm not gonna get arrested or I don't have to operate on the social construct, you don't feel. Like you'll be put in those situations, 100%. which means since you don't feel like you'll be put in those situations, you mm-hmm. won't attract those People, situations. And,
0: and that's what I was saying: your thoughts, your thoughts become things. Right. Before you really underestimate. One hundred percent. Really, really underestimate that. One hundred percent. It's. I think that's what's really helped me a lot in life, and I'm very. Um, I feel very um, fortunate that right. I've always had that mentality, and even just, it could be something as simple as not giving up. Yeah, life is fucking hard. It's gonna be difficult, but. Just because you you know fall doesn't mean you should stay down. Mm-hmm. It's so cliche, but it's so true. I remember mm-hmm. one of my first jobs, I uh, applied to work at Apple. And the manager interviewed me, he was really nice, had a good conversation, and uh, got an email from him later in the day, like, I, I, I thought I got the job. He was like, sorry, you know, just not a good fit, um, but thank you for taking the time to apply and come in for the interview. And I wish you the best in life. I got the email. I was like, okay, all right, cool. And it didn't affect me. Mm-hmm. I wasn't bothered. I didn't think, oh, because I'm fucking black. It's funny because I had the opportunity to do that.
1: Yeah. Because I I,
0: I saw the store, it. and I'm not kidding. It was literally like everybody there was not, they weren't black. It was just all white people mm-hmm. that worked there. And I was like, it didn't, it didn't bother me at all. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, maybe not for everybody, but for a lot of people in that situation, they could have gotten that email and said man it's because i was black right They're, they want to hire somebody white mm. but i saw that it didn't bother me anything twice about it did an interview didn't get the job a few months i was like i'm gonna get this job i'm gonna get this job i don't care what happens i'm gonna get this job a few months later i applied to apple again with my luck, it was the same manager. <laughs> mm. The same manager. I applied to the same store, right? Uh, the same manager interviewed me, walked, had a great conversation. Uh, interview ended. Went home. Got an email. She's like, "Thank you for the, thank you for taking the time to interview with me. Um, you would be a perfect fit." <laughs> wow <laughs> you'll be a perfect fit for this position wow um let me know when to start mm. so you can see how that can affect a lot of us in life in general where you right. do something you fail and you think oh it's a wrap it wasn't meant it wasn't meant to happen or whatever the
1: excuse right. you, you you can't you, you can't come up let- with you really can't let and what i see you do great from your experiences is you don't let a negative thought bring on a negative feeling mm. because one, once you like who like my whole life i had spent negative thoughts bringing on negative feelings right so it was like whether it was the lack of something i started to think i was the lack not the thought of the other person not the thought of the american system right being created saying black people are thirty-fourths of a human being we started to feel Right. Like we were three fourths of a human right, being. Right.
0: Right. No. That, so yeah, it was yeah, like who.
1: Yeah. So and then like and that was this that that was something I honestly did not get until I was like twenty one. That my like I have to evaluate the feeling attached to the thought because mm-hmm. I never used to evaluate the feeling attached to the thought, and it's it's kind of easy to evaluate. it. It's like if you spend six of, of your thoughts are sixty percent bad. Then your feeling is going to be sixty percent bad. Of you like o- almost a hundred percent. Right. Of your thoughts, sixty percent positive course, and forty percent negative, because the negativity is around you. You just can't feel like it's around right. you, or you are gonna keep attracting the negativity. Right. And I, yo, I swear, I just, I'm, I, I'm two years fresh into learning that concept. No, it's, it's maybe not even two years. Maybe a year and a half. I may be a year and a incredible. half. I may be a year and a half on having that concept really digest, like, right. like really digest, because it was taught like, like through reading and lectures. Like he was like, yeah, everybody talks about the thinking but we, don't, we forget about the feeling. Mm. We forget about how, how important those two things are interconnected and how they cannot, like, for instance, like what are your thoughts on when, uh, when for instance, because I feel like you do this naturally. But
0: real quick, before you ask that question, I just want to go back and say real quick. So that example I used, it was, I wanted to show that, or it was a way to show that a lot of us give up on our dreams. Mm. And I don't know about you, but I don't know how many people in their life have applied to a job you didn't get and applied again hmm. so that's kind of the mentality you have, yeah. kind of have to have i'm not saying you should go around applying to every job twice but um it's just a mentality like yeah. i'm gonna fucking get this mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. it's like i'm gonna get it and it doesn't have to be a job it could be anything in life you know where there's a will there's a way and i like i was telling you yesterday um or last week as long as you know where you're going you're gonna get there mm. all right i was like i want this job I don't know how the hell I'm gonna get it. He just told me flat out no, right?
1: Right. And <laughs> said,
0: "Have a great life." Um, I didn't know how, but it happened. And when you want something, God, the universe, whatever that means to you, conspires to help you achieve it. It's just that simple. Mm. Um, so I just wanted to use that as a euphemism for for life, and just say, man, you just you just have to keep going, no matter what you're trying to accomplish. Um, you just have to keep going because you just never know what can happen. You mm-hmm. just never know what can happen. And as long as you know where you want to be, you're going to get there. Don't worry about the how. You talked about this earlier. Don't worry about the how or fucking trying to figure out a way to, like, learn. Just as long as you know where you want to be, you're going to get there. It might take you a day, year, 2, 10, 15, 20 years, you're going to get there. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Go ahead.
1: No. So, so uh, and how, how important do you feel like... um you're, you were saying
0: something i do you notice something i do
1: yeah yeah and I, I, I just noticed how um uh how you don't let others affect your emotional state mm-hmm. so it's like i guess it would say like what, what are the things that goes through your mind when it's like you're in a situation where it can change your emotional state mm-hmm. but it's just like you know. i
0: love that question uh it's funny because uh we we're talking about this and you were saying you fr- when you first met me you you just knew I was an earth sign, right? Yeah. So this goes back to how I view the world and people and even myself. I see myself as a as a tree stump, mm. right? And I see the world and experiences and hardships and the highs and the lows and, and uh, good things and bad things as the tree branch, mm. right? I'm the tree stump. I see everything else wow. as a tree branch, right? So for example,
1: mm. when there's a
0: hurricane, that comes through, right? Imagine a hurricane coming through your life. If you're a tree stomp, guess guess what's gonna get affected?
1: No, the branches. Yeah, just the branches. The
0: branches, right? Mm. As long as you're the stomp, everything is going the hurricane is gonna come and go. Mm. You have to stay steadfast. Um, relationships, right? If you're with someone, women, it doesn't really matter. As long as you're you see yourself or perceive yourself as the tree stomp, everything's going to be all right. Mm-hmm. That's how you don't get affected. Yeah, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. With the highs you and the know, lows. You're the source. Exactly. You're the source of the branches. You're the source. <laughs> you're the source. So you always have to remember that. And that's... I love up. that parable. Yeah. <laughs> grown up, that's actually not grown up. Even now, that's how I just live my life because I know... I always know as a tree stomp, as amazing things are in any given moment, I know things can change. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. You can be happy... As can be, the next day your mom or your dad is diagnosed with cancer, Hmm. or God forbid, your if your friend dies in a car accident or whatever. Um, Those are more extreme examples, but I'm talking about more about things that happen to us. Hmm. You always have to be ready and willing and realize um, Hmm. that life is filled with ups and downs, and you have to try. It's not always going to be easy. I'm not going to sit here and say like it's super easy for me. But as long as you're aware enough and realize that. You always have to make sure that you're the tree stump, especially in relationships, because um, I've met a lot of people that you know relationships really had an impact on their lives, like negative ones, mm-hmm. right? And if you realize, like, man, as greatest as greatest things are right now, um, it's not always going to be this way, mm-hmm. right? It's going to be the lows, it's going to be highs. So you have to make sure that you stay steadfast, not only for you but for the other person as well. Mm. right yeah um so that's my answer to your question
1: I had another question too because I've been I actually had this question the first time I had met you because I wasn't I didn't necessarily talk to you I was just overhearing your conversation and I remember in the conversation you had said that you realized and I'm wonder, and I want to know this point when you realize this yeah. or what collection of things realized when you was like I stopped I, I realized that people could yes add value to my life monetarily but at the end of the day that would not serve me long term like when you made that switch from like okay all my relationships have to benefit me monetarily to they have to be aligned and benefit me and benefit me somehow monetarily or anyway like as a as a good person like what was that what was that thing that made you that made you go through that because I know like a, like it can be like, you're very good at, it, like, having what you want and accumulating what you want. But when did you really have go through that break where it was like, hmm, like, yeah, you can help me get there, but is that really, is, is that all that matters? Right. Or, or, like, when did you add that extra layer of, like, it's just not, it's not just about getting me to the place, it's also being there to support me and being a right. part of my journey?
0: I think, for me, it's, I don't think it was a place I got to. I think it's something that I've always been aware of, mm. uh, and mostly because... Money to me is money to me is just money. It doesn't it doesn't give me value. It doesn't it doesn't make or break who I am, right? Yeah, yeah Absolutely. If I didn't have a dime today, I'd still be the person I am. Right. Right. And if mm-hmm. I had all the money in the world, I'd still be the person I am. Right. right? It doesn't really make you who you are. Um, mm-hmm. I think some people uh, let them let themselves, you know, get defined by materialistic things, but it really doesn't define who I am. Um, so I think for me, that's where, that's where like, that, that gap has always existed in just knowing who I am at my core mm. and being aware that what I value more is relationships. You know? Right. Because you can have a million, you can have a billion dollars in the world, but if I know my time of need, you're not going to be there, then what's that value? hmm the money means nothing, right? Hmm. As opposed to another version of you that doesn't have anything. But I know I can call you anytime and you'll be there for me. Hmm. Physically, mentally, emotionally. Um, that's where the real value lies. So a lot of times we get confused. Um, they, we, get, they get conf- we get confused in misunderstanding the value of money versus relationships or having someone that's, uh, that cares about you um having your strong core family friends um yeah so for me it's 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 never been about it's never been about money i think money for me i view money as a way to help others not something that's meant for myself like i I mean don't get me wrong i like like i said i like nice things i like to stay at nice hotels nice cars but those things actually bring me joy Hmm. um what brings me joy is is great people having great people in my life having A strong core, having great family, my family being healthy, having friends that are like happy and doing Mm -hmm. well—those are the things that really bring me joy. Uh, And it goes back to um, uh, showing gratitude as well. I'm very grateful for everything I have, Mm -hmm. and everything I don't have, I'm still grateful for because I know I'm going to have it. Mm -hmm. That's another thing that people don't really realize is the the power of gratitude for things you don't have that you want.
1: Mm Right? yeah explain that a little bit more so so because because I'm, I'm struggling how how do you how do you have gravity for things that you don't gratitude for things that you don't have like are you grateful in a sense like I'm so grateful I don't have this
0: no I'm grateful because I already know I have it mm. I, I, I already it's already there it's it's as day like I'm not even kidding the life I have now it's been so clear to me when I didn't have this life mm. when I was in school when I was at work working crazy hours, I knew I'd have this life. So even back then, I was happy and grateful and um, had so much gratitude for the people around me, for God, the universe, whatever you want to call it. Right. Um, and even now, I'm grateful for the life that I know, I, I hate to say that I'm gonna have because I already feel like I have it.
1: Right? Right, right. <laughs> right?
0: Um, but I'm grateful for that life. I'm grateful for the millions of people I'm gonna help and, and change their lives in some way, shape or form. Because helping people doesn't mean you have to physically meet them and help them out. There's so many different ways you can help people. You can right. help people by speaking like this. They hear you. They're, the message resonates with them. I mean, how many Will Smith or Oprah interviews have you seen where it's like, wow, and that just puts you into a different realm as far as you know, your mental space? Right. So helping people doesn't always have to be through through the physical um it can be through spiritual it can be through conversation it can be through doing a deed for someone that somebody else sees and does a deed for somebody else so if i do a deed for you right and let's say greg for example right Mm -hmm. he sees what i did for you right and he does something for somebody else because of what he saw Mm -hmm. so that 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 person down the line they just got they just benefited from something that somebody else saw me do for you right Right. So there's so many different ways we can have an impact on others in the world. Um, but with your question about money, it's I've never been attached to money. Mm-hmm. I've never been attached to money as far as my core um, and the reason why I'm here and my reason for doing what things I do. It's, it's not about money. It's just so I can I can uh, use that money to make a difference.
1: Would you say there's a certain person whose, like, philosophies that, like, growing up, like, really instilled a lot in, in you? I'm, I'm interested. You know, in a right lot of people process. ask
0: me that, and I just think, no, I didn't.
1: Your future self?
0: <laughs> My future self. Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. Yeah, because
0: when I was growing up, um, hmm. I didn't really read that much. Okay. I didn't read at all, I'm not going to lie. My brother always read, um, but I, I didn't read that much. Um, and it's funny because Warren Buffett, I think it was Warren Buffett, Warren Buffett or someone else that said this, is we're already surrounded by everything we need to be successful. You know, you might not realize it, Mm. but you might have a friend that knows a friend that knows a friend, you know. Um, The six degrees of separation, is that what you know,
1: Six degrees, yeah.
0: Um, So we're already surrounded by everything we need for success. The only difference is, are you looking? (laughs) Do you have your eyes open,
1: Mm.
0: you know? Um, and I don't mean like physically looking, it's just your third eye. You, are you open to it? Right. Right? Right. Um, right. are you open to that amazing relationship that you've always wanted? Are you in the right place in life where you can properly receive that relationship you've always wanted? Right. Because just so just because you're open to it doesn't mean you're ready for it. That's a huge difference. Hmm. You know? right. <laughs> So, as long as you uh, project what you want and you're steadfast and you know what you want and you don't divert from your path, um, you'll be fine. And it's not as easy as I make it seem because there's been moments where I thought I was doing something that um, correlated with my path and the universe just like pushed me back. Like, nah, Mm -hmm. wrong way. Hmm. So
1: What moment was that that was the biggest?
0: Um... I'd say probably in school I went to. Uh, I majored in game design, hmm.
1: and I don't know how what the fuck I was thinking about, but
0: game design literally has nothing to do with my path right now.
1: Right. And yeah, when you say when you say you went doesn't, to school for art, right, like, like, huh? like, that That's right? the last thing I <laughs> thought it was. I thought it was gonna be like engineering. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah it right. has
0: nothing to do with my path at all. Okay. Uh, but what the sh- the switch was for me was when I graduated, I couldn't find a job. Hmm. And I was like, I'm super qualified. I'm young. and What's going on? And uh, I just could not find a job to, for the life of me. And then my sister's boyfriend at the time, he introduced me to information technology. Hmm. And then that whole that led me on a whole different path, with, which led to where I'm at right now. Wow. And there's different examples I can use, but every single job I had that had nothing to do with my. Um, major or my my degree led me to where i'm at right now wow yeah so um that's another thing that happens when we're steadfast and what we want i always knew what i wanted because but i didn't know how so i was making decisions mm. that didn't really correlate with where i needed to be because mm. i didn't know how i was going to get there but i knew what i wanted yeah 100%. and that's that goes back to the why vehicle as long as you um know what your why is your why vehicle is going to reveal itself
1: Right, right. You know, 100%. Um, that's why I'm here today. Yeah. Because I just wanted to do business to help people. I didn't know right. how I was going to do it. Right. Or, or what was going to be that vehicle in which I can fully step out on right. my own and, and take, a, take advantage of.
0: Right, right. No, yeah. it, it, it's, it's, and that's the one thing we always have to be open to. We always have to be open to what we want the most. Right. And not only be open to it, be ready for it, like I said. Because, like I said, we can be ready, you can be ready for, for wealth and affluence and abundance. But, sorry, you can want that, but if you're not ready for it, it's probably not going to come until you're ready for it, mm. you know. You can want an amazing, you can want an amazing boyfriend, you know. If that amazing boyfriend comes into your life, it's not going to matter if you're not ready for it. Because mm. that relationship is going to end eventually. might be together for a month or a year or several years. But if you're not ready for it in every relationship and form, that relationship is going to end because mm. of some reason. It could right. be your fault, it could be his fault, but it's going to end. Same thing with the man. You're ready for that amazing woman or that amazing girlfriend. If you're not in a place in your life where you're ready for that to receive and accept everything they're going to give to you, it's just going to fall on deaf ears. My brother said that a long time ago, and it's uh, it's it's so true. Yeah, you know, wow. you have to be you have to be open and willing, and most importantly, ready.
1: Right. Yeah. That yeah. proper preparation. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so. I have a question I can ask. Oh, I actually want to ask you, can you talk about a little bit about what you do? Because I think there are a lot of people that can use your services, yeah, yeah, um, cool. either in person or remotely. Uh, mm-hmm. So can you talk about what you do and um, some of the people that you've worked with? Okay. Or if you don't want to talk about it, just how it's helped you become, on a business sense, um, who you are today and what you've learned?
1: So it's funny because I feel like our life paths are, are, are so similar because, um, like, I've recently gone through that point in my life where I had to re, re, completely re go a different course than I had previously expected. Right. And um and so now it's like, for uh, I guess you would say the in July first. I picked up a camera and I was like, I'm going to just use this camera as a tool. Like at first I was just like, I'm going to tell my story. Then I realized how important it was to tell other people's stories. And then I would come across people that had to do with the skill sets that I wanted to master. So it was investing and it was social media. It was uh, being able to being able to become uh, a, a successful CEO by using just social media or using the thing that costs the least amount of overhead or... Just being able to find that financial freedom, and I didn't necessarily know which way I was going to go, but now I do. Now I have a social media marketing company, and what we do is we help brands grow. We help them understand the benefits of using YouTube, Facebook, and social media to help have their personal brand reach the masses. And I do advertising for Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, especially. Um, and I honestly wouldn't even have had that opportunity because I, if I didn't. Literally say, oh, you know what? I'm going to completely try something new, but not just try something new. But when people enter my lives that could add value to me, I listen to that. And the one of the first people that that, that happened to was um, a person named August, uh, August Zadra. Actually, actually, the one of the first every every single like there were certain people I met when I came into California. That taught me different things. Like, so the first person I met in California, his name was Rishi Kumar, who's potentially maybe somebody I'll be working with with the social media aspect. He actually came and visited me the other day because he worked for Gary Vaynerchuk. So there's some secret. There's some Vayner Media that they do amazing things at Vayner Media, and he and he was able to grow and learn. Um, but he's now looking to do other things. Um, he's working at IBM and looking to doing something else. Um, but he was like one of the person, one of the people that I met that really was going all in on his passion um but he had like security he had his finances secure his dad built a successful engineering company that's okay. based out of india that, that that is financially secure that's not his problem but his problem was like really deciding whether he was going to do something that made him extremely passionate or not or finding ways to make himself them th- to do that thing that made him extremely passionate okay but also being realistic with the circumstances the expectations that his parents held for him so he was kind of going through that battle but one thing that he told me was, like, learning social media was the best tool for him to actually apply his passion. So he was doing the same thing I was doing, but he just had picked up the skill set faster. Like, he had picked up the camera. He knew the camera faster. He was, like, willing to go all in and just do everything he needed to do. And I didn't have that security 100% yet. Like, I was confident in myself at this point because I had spent the last like literally like the last three years on really focusing on myself and growing myself and and worrying about my greater future. Um, but he was like the person that was like, yo, look, you're great at, like, you're great at creating and thinking about things to create. You should do that more. So I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to do that more. So I went to a festival and I had my camera and I tried to put together a little one minute video. It wasn't the best one minute video, but I gave it to the person who ran the event. And then that person who ran the event introduced me to two other people. Um, and then one of them, his name is Augie Winshine, um, also known as August Zadra. But, um, he'll, he, he'll have a, do- I think his documentary may be ready or almost out um, but he was doing e-commerce so he had took me under his wing for a couple months um, and I was just studying how he was using um, a- a- Amazon like using Facebook um, ads and he was using and he was uh, doing Amazon ads so like how you get yourself how you get products ranked and placed on Amazon and he was helping businesses that were holistic um, and that were aligned with him spiritually so they're okay. all about uplifting the consciousness vegan based companies right. um, and he was like yo you should go into social media marketing he was like look it's the least amount of overhead because i was working with him and he was like look i can't leave my job yet and go full time so you should and i want to become a kundalini yoga and teacher first so i'm gonna spend the next three to six months doing that and then i want you to master social media advertising so go out and try it and at first i did and at first i was looking at him like hmm like Kinda, I don't really want to do it because I wanted to be a trader. I wanted to learn how to trade. So I was like, all right, I'll look into it a little bit. And then I ended up going to another event where I met someone else that was just like, look, can you add more content? Can you do more social media? Like, I like that you have a camera. I like who you are. Let's do some more social media. So then I started following, well, Light Warrior Ecom was the first e-commerce-based business that I first fully worked for. And I got to see exactly how to use different Facebook advertising strategies. And that was the first time I was like behind it and seeing like in like on phone calls and web conferences with him and clients meeting with certain clients that he had on Starbucks or via zoom and learning their structure on how they were able to keep track of the client and how they were able to prioritize because it was just a business him and his sister were running right. um, and his sister was able to only do that to work and support herself so it was that was interesting but then I worked for another client in blockchain beach and I was doing work for them um, in the video side so I have rec- recorded over like 60 different interviews. Um, With them at different conventions and and and, uh, different conventions in the crypto space, Um, so I was able to use my use my camera and get out there and really start helping building people's brands. So that's when I seen like the whole brand aspect, and I started to. Come in contact with people that were just like, oh, look, like you're good at this. Keep pursuing this. You're good at this. Keep pursuing this. And for me, like I had no idea. Like you, you running social media was like the last thing I thought I was going to do a year ago. Like if I if we look back at January first, it was the last. It was honestly the last thing I thought I was going to do. I thought I was going to be able to completely set up my bag with uh, network marketing and go straight into real estate from my investing. Like, I was saving up money to go straight into real estate, um, and I was at the time I was in a course by. Uh, What's his name? Jay Morrison. I was in his academy and studying his courses. Um, But then I met one of the people that I was learning to invest from, um, whose name is Naeem. He has a Traders Profit Club or Snipers Tube. He was one of the youngest people to ever create a seven figure business off YouTube and Patreon. Um, and i was able to see how he operated how he built his business i followed him in the videos for him like he was rebranding at the time so i got to see how he structured his rebrand how he was using click funnels how he was building his landing page how he right. was funneling his attention not only how he built his attention on on youtube but i also was able to see how he was able to funnel that and actually turn that into a subscription-based model that's at this point bringing them x amount of tens of thousands a month you know what I mean so I was just like hmm so then after and this is where I got introduced to Greg so I was like working with Naeem and I was just following Naeem also just like pure just wanting to learn more about what he wanted to do I mean about what he did and um and then that's when I had met Greg. And then that's when Greg was just like, like, look, I see that you learned this. You're an honest person. Like I want you to actually build this brand for us. And this is what I'm willing to give you to do it. So it was like literally I was just learning from others, trying to better myself, and then I was presented with my first client. It wasn't like I was like, you know what? I seen a like I didn't go to like your normal way. Like, all right, cool, like this is what I want to do. I'm going to take the course in this and then I'm going to to actually go and ask people for business. I was just finding myself and really finding in and zoning in on what my strength was and what my talent was to get me to a point where somebody was just like, look, I see that's your strength and talent and then that's what I want to nurture it and I want to help it grow. So it's like now I have, a, we have a small agency with a few clients and it's all been because of the knowledge, I, the value I first gave to others without first asking for myself. Like I spent four, to, I, I spent six months just giving out free value to learn. Um, so, it's it's been an a, an incredible journey, but that's what we do. I mean, uh, to to go into more of a nutshell, what we plan on doing here with uh, with the royal agreement and the cheesecake, the cheesecake and coffee yeah. podcast is being able to implement some of these strategies. And I really like focusing on the entrepreneur, the un the un, the unheard entrepreneur, because what I'm seeing now is that a lot of people have really shitty product quality or service quality but they have great marketing (laughs) and they're selling things that don't really help people or they're selling things that i don't want to say don't really help people i just know that there's entrepreneurs out there that can help people more Mm -hmm. but since they don't necessarily know the tools to increase their reach it's like it's limiting them and that's what i realized okay maybe this is the first step before i can get to my next step or understanding that sometimes it's like um the the mount mount Like this was the vehicle that helped support my why the most or that people seen in me. The most, so I just listened to the people who saw great things in me, right. and like kind of like I guess that's how the person was who introduced you to information technology. Right. right. So it's, it's funny because I feel like I I literally am going through that same moment where it's just like wow I'm I'm starting to get paid from something I didn't originally think that right, I was meant right. to do or I tried to do at all. Of course, of course. Yeah, and and I had spent so much time and energy and money into that like school, like I spent so much time and energy and money into it, right. and it was just like it wasn't producing it, it wasn't yielding anything, but now like. I'm, I'm excited with where I'm at um, and the people that I'm around. It's, it's been the most rewarding part. I don't think I've been around better people that has helped me grow at any point in my life. And that's like, for some people, I, uh, who are around great people all the time like that's that's amazing but you'll also meet more people that's supposed to help you excel and for the person who doesn't have anyone around them right now or may feel lost or may feel like they're not actually going 100% the direction that they want to go you just just keep on pushing man just keep having a little bit of faith um, just rely on getting up and don't rely on falling down like just just see falling down is just the opportunity for you to get up that's so right, it's right. just like that's and, that's, and that's the one thing I had to like I, I developed that got me here but in a nutshell, that's what I do. We we help make brands grow. We help expand your reach with uh, having valuable content and strategic ads to bring massive growth. Like, nice,
0: nice. And how how can people reach you?
1: Um, so they can you can find me on uh, at Balan the Wizard on Instagram. You can find can you at, spell that just uh, so Balan uh, B I L A N um, and uh, the Wizard T H E W I Z A R D, or you can follow us at Sun clout marketing s-u-n-c-l-o-u-t marketing um, or you could just visit us at suncloutmarketing.com and, and you can go and fill out some things that we got over there and see exactly what we're doing um, but Instagram is the best you know because that way you can see all my other clients and see some people I'm working with and yeah, yeah well, that's how you'll follow me
0: thank you for uh, thank you for that um, I appreciate it and thank you for Joining me on this amazing podcast. Definitely one of my favorites for sure. Like, not even kidding. Um, and then I'm definitely going to have you back as a repeat guest. So get used to it. I'll be here. <laughs> and uh, until next time, peace.